I, I screenshotted it so I would be able to talk about it. Um, speaking of, so the most recent thing that they, uh, local talk radio in Dallas, Jerry Jones and the Dallas Cowboys hold virtual interview with tight end Kyle Pitts. It's happening. He's coming. <laughs> Number 10 overall. Everybody else is going to make really bad decisions. So that's my up-to-date information is that if Kyle Pitts is there, it's a CD Lamb scenario 2.0. They're going to make the pick. Otherwise, from what I hear, it's either Sewell, the two cornerbacks, or potentially trying to bail. But they say they've already been getting calls, so I don't know. We'll I mean, see. You should be calling anyone. Like, yeah. The Eagles, even though I don't want them taking quarterbacks, should just be calling them getting a feel because you just never know what's going to happen draft night. Um, man, I like, I think back to the one draft where was it? Oh, seven. Uh, like Jamarcus Russell went number one and then Brady Quinn like fell to 22 or something like that. Even Johnny Manziel falling. Remember that? And uh, I, I, I was just Chris at the time and you got, you were just terrified that he was going to, yeah. End up in Dallas. I was really afraid that Jerry was just going to say, but he's Johnny Football and he played in Texas. <laughs> of course we have to take him. It's a, it's it's interesting. I, I understand that Pitts feels like a once-in-a-lifetime kind of tight end, and, and I get that. I, I just feel like, how do you not take defense or maybe even offensive line like how do you how do you not do that yeah uh especially i think i'd be happy with either of those corners honestly um yeah i don't know uh, yeah i actually i watched a little bit of tape on them today both sertan or is it sertain and i think uh, it's sertan patrick sertan and then jc okay. horn jc well, horn and even some newsome um and Horn and Sertan look very close to me. Like, it's yeah. hard to... It seems like it might come down to scheme fit. Um, but even on paper, they're like... I think Sertan's one inch taller, if that. Um, so it's just like, who do you want? I think you have, like, two different profiles yeah. here. They're very close, but I think you have... Sertan, who's a little bit more polished, you know, he's been playing big school, playing, covering big receivers, you know, people that are going to be. Oh, Horn's been playing as a freshman in, in the SEC. Here's the, the difference. I know you sent us a statistic on completion percentages for the top receivers. Uh, one story that keeps coming back up is when he went up against Kyle Pitts. Like yeah. Kyle Pitts has said he's the most frustrating person for him to go up against was J.C. Horn, because he was just annoying. He's yeah. really mm. grabby, a lot of holding that goes on when he plays. So I like, I think I want my <laughs> corner to have that aggressive attitude to where yeah. Yeah. I'm going to fight you all day. Um, and then maybe try to pull back, all right, let's learn how to hold without getting called. Because, I mean, that's just the league. You're, you're, you can call holding on cornerbacks, on offensive linemen, pretty much any play. It's just a matter if you're going to. Yeah. Yeah, the, so the John, one thing that okay. I'm sorry, please go ahead. The one thing that so stood out to me. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> bro, you just said go ahead, and then you're like, nah, no, no, I got this. 
the one thing that stood out to me with Horn was sometimes this guy would, I'd say, get hands on the ball, but Horn was one of the guys that played until like the catch was made or even after that. But yeah. like he was a guy that would go in and punch the ball out or he was making a lot of contact afterwards where a lot of the stuff I saw with Sertan was he was making plays before that happened. Um, and that might be a slight difference, but it just, it kind of reminded me um, a little bit of like peanut Tillman in a sense mm-hmm. um, of just having those really good hands, even a little bit of Marlon Humphrey kind of style. Um, but Sertan's just, I mean, he's incredible. Yeah. I think I it's think... hard to go wrong. You know, I, I think there's a significant drop in corners after those two guys, right? And so, like, the gap is probably not that far, or there may not even be a gap between those two guys. I think they'd be fine with either. But, John, I thought it was interesting that you said uh, Sewell is a guy that they're looking at at 10. Mm-hmm. Do you think he'll last that long? You know, I, I kind of feel like if he's there, that would be tremendous value in a lot of ways. Yeah. Um, it, I don't know. So I think there's a lot of ways you can get any player to you. You yeah. know, if if you have five quarterbacks go before you, well, that pushes a lot of people down the board. Yeah. Then are you? Is somebody going to have Slater higher? Mm-hmm. You know, some people might have Slater higher. I don't. I think Slater is the more ready-made player, but with Sewell being only 20 years old, you're. That means he's going to have nearly a decade in the league before he turns 30. We know offensive yeah. linemen can typically, unless they get injury bug-bitten, can usually play until their mid-30s. And still or have that 39, Jason yeah. Peters. Yeah. Yeah. So without having that much fall-off. So, and then Kyle Pitts goes. You got some of those skill receivers to go. Um, I think it's very possible. I won't, I won't be surprised if he's number six. I won't be surprised if he falls to 10. So what you can't always predict is how other people will value these players, other teams. Yeah. You can't predict what trades mm-hmm. are going to happen. Mm-hmm. Who's going to uh, pull up from there. Before we go into some of the other trade things we heard, I know, Foose, you had some uh, some rumors you were hearing about New England trading back with Green Bay. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But you said you also – I want to get your thoughts on, on Newsom. I know you said you watched some tape on Newsom as well. Yeah. I yeah. think that's a guy who's, if healthy, could end up having – one of the better careers out of this bunch. Yeah, Newsom seems like a solid player. I mean, he's he's up there at least height, weight, speed kind of depends on how much you value that stuff, but with Sertan and with Horn. Um, the only question I have, and he's made some really good plays at Northwestern. They've had a good defense, but it's Big Ten football, and that's different than SEC football. Um, I mean, that's without a doubt. And so, I mean, I'm trying to think what kind of competition he's gone up against. Purdue, you got Rondale Moore. Mm. Um, one of the highlights, I think, was against Donovan, <laughs> Donovan Peoples-Jones, who I think is a good player, um, and fell last year to Cleveland. Um, but he's not going up against that elite, elite talent in the SEC. Um, but I, I think Northwestern has a good defense. I'd probably go Sertan, Horn, and then Newsome. I'd probably go 1A, 1B, and then, like, two or three, whatever, however sure. you rank that, but Newsome. Hmm. Um, and then Asante Samuel Jr. after that. He, he reminds me a lot of his father, Asante Samuel Jr., but um, like his highlights, a lot of this stuff, was like guys catching the ball and then him like lighting them up afterwards or something. And it was like, okay, they still caught the ball. 
Um, or it's like, how much does that bait and switch work in the NFL? Um, I guess we'll find out, but he's a little undersized, at least compared to the other guys. He's like 5'10", 180 plus pounds, 88 or something like that. So um, I'd want one of those three corners if I was the Eagles or any team. Like you guys need one. Sure. Um, but any team looking for a corner, I'd want one of those three guys without a doubt. Absolutely. So I think Dallas goes defense at 10, unless one of one of those higher talent upside long-term players like a Pitts or a Sewell fall. Uh, I don't think they'd, they'd pull the trigger on a wide receiver unless they already had like a package deal to send Gallup or somebody else over. So I think that's clearly it. So we were hoping a couple of days ago when we talked about Hey, let's trade back with New England, get number 15. Uh, you've got JOK there, or maybe somebody else that falls in. Maybe Slater continues to fall away there. However, Fusi sent us an article about maybe New England's talking about trading back some uh, some in some deep internet rumors. What's going on there? <laughs> yeah, that was weird. That just seemed like it was some uh, picture that ended up on Twitter. Uh, it looked like some Green Bay Packers uh, employee's desk. And it was just like a, an envelope and hanging off the bottom was one of the pages. And it just had a outline of a potential draft with the Patriots where they would get Jordan love. And then I think they'd swap first round picks and get a few extra picks in there. Um, man up to trade like that would throw a wrench in, throw a wrench in this draft. Um, even another trade. I mean, I think New England could easily trade up for Jimmy Garoppolo as well. I think that just makes um, a lot of sense from what I remember is Bill Belichick was upset when Jimmy was traded and um, to be able to get him because it seems like the 49ers are going to be taking a quarterback. Um, there could be a few other trades out there. I know we already had. Um, yeah, I'm looking at yeah, what I'm looking at. See so the photo you sent us earlier is round mm -hmm. New England would send away pick 15 round 15. one and then Green Bay would send back Jordan Love. Pick mm -hmm. 29, and then another fourth round looks like 142. So I get why Green Bay would want to do that. Oh, you man, pissed yeah. off your starting quarterback last year, and you could still potentially get some sort of capital. Um, who would they? Who would they, Green Bay be coming up to get in that scenario? Well, um, I don't. I think it'd be an impact player. Hmm. You know, my, you my thing is you'd have to – and this is what I texted you guys earlier. Do they – one of the – so Lawrence is going one. We know Wilson's going to go two. One of those three other quarterbacks will fall a little bit, right? Like, um, you know, so let's say San Francisco is going to take one of those three guys – you know, we don't know what Atlanta is going to do it for. Cincinnati and Miami are set. And, and so one of those guys will continue to fall. And, and I guess for me, if, I, if I'm New England, do you really value Jordan Love, you know, more than one of those three guys? Because yeah. you could probably trade with Detroit or I know Carolina has been rumored. I guess a bunch of teams are calling Carolina right now. Mm -hmm. Yeah, um, you could probably get one of those guys there. Do you really value Jordan Love more um, than one of those three? 
Yeah, it's Bill Belichick likes what he likes. So yeah, uh, you had Jordan Love, who was one of those like long term prospects who had a lot, a lot of talent, maybe a lot of upside, but wasn't going to be ready for a couple of years. Um, he got Cam back for a year. That'll be two years in league, but I don't understand giving up that much draft capital to get somebody who's already has one less. Year. Now, did Love? Did they trade up in the first round to get him? Does he have yeah, a fifth year option? I believe so. Okay, so at least there's yeah, some of that the first there. Round pick. Yeah, there's a fifth round option, which is, which I think is big, and I think um, some teams actually should trade back up into the first round if you have someone that you want to identify with in the second round. You're like, I know I want this guy, and especially if it's a quarterback or something, I think trading up is smart to get that fifth year option. I think the the Ravens did that with uh, Lamar Jackson, um, yeah. and when that happened, I was like, whoa, I think that's a pretty smart move. Um, but yeah, for me, if I'm if I'm the Packers, like that's, I mean, that's ideal for them because I was so confused last year when they did that because they had a, a playoff caliber team, Super Bowl caliber team almost too, uh, with Aaron Rodgers, who's still in his prime, obviously, if you could, couldn't tell this year. And it's like, shouldn't you just be pouring in to this guy and getting everything you can for him? Like you're not guaranteed another year in the NFL if you're a coach. I mean, look at Doug Peterson. Hmm. There's a statue of him outside the link and winning a Super Bowl <laughs> less than four years ago, and now he's gone. Um, so, like, you, yes, you need to build for the future, but at the same time, it's like, how can you also win now? Especially when you have a guy like Aaron Rodgers, who's one of the best quarterbacks ever. Yeah. Um, and, and when they took him, it's like, they have to have something in mind. He didn't play at all this year. So it's like, you might as well get as much capital for him. Um, but I, I don't know. If I was them, I'd even try to make a trade for someone like, I'm just spitballing, but like Julio Jones or someone like that, where it's like, you can get value now to pair with Aaron Rodgers um, rather than a young rookie who could take years to develop. And that's the thing about last year's draft, too, was it was a deep wide receiver draft. Mm -hmm. You know, Justin Jefferson, I believe, went in yep. the second round, you know? Um, no, he went first. A, but he, he, went went right he went first. first. Somebody, somebody traded up for him, I think. But he was available for Green Bay, right? Justin Jefferson. I, I don't think he was. Year. I think the thought was just like, hey, if you're going to trade back up, because Green Bay traded up back in. Yeah. You had guys love. like Brandon Ayuk available. Um, maybe T. Higgins available. The kid from uh, the Steelers last year. Oh, yeah. Chase Claypool, of course, available. Yeah. Like Those are three solid guys right there. Guys that actually played for you. And I think that... And you pick... <laughs> oh, I was just going to say, I think teams need to start switching their mentality. I think you still have a lot of old heads still in the league of, hey, college is catching up. In fact, NFL strategies are coming from college. You're going to have more yeah. receivers that are more ready to play more QBs that are going to be used to throwing the ball. Um, so, I mean, you never know who's going to be coming around the corner. So how much does that usually pay off in the past 10 years? Can you think of a quarterback who sat, waited for a couple of years, and eventually became the starter? You know, I'm getting flashbacks to Paxton Lynch, um, you know, when he went at the end of the first round and, you know, everybody said, oh, he's six seven and he's mobile and he has this arm and he has this and he has that. And 
you know, he was on, he's, he's another one of Denver's long list of guys that they were hopeful for and, and it just didn't work out. Um, you know, it, it's interesting. I'm looking at last year's draft right now. Ayuk went right before Jordan Love. However, um, T. Higgins was the first T. pick Higgins, in the second yeah. round. Michael Pittman Jr. was the second pick in the second Pittman, round. Um, Chase Claypool went in the second round. So there, there were guys um, that you could have gotten there at 26. Um, I just don't feel like that's the spot for a developmental quarterback that might work out. You know what I mean? The ironic thing as an Eagles fan is this is exactly the pitch that the Eagles made when they drafted Jalen Hurts. They're like, Hmm. quarterback is so valuable. We can draft a guy now. We can develop him if he needs to play because Carson Wentz has gotten injured in the past. Then he can play and finish the season. Um, But if not, then we can trade him away and get value back. And as an Eagles fan, I was just like, okay, that doesn't sound too bad, you know? Like, if if you have the availability to do that. But... Um, it's like I I get doing that I get doing that later on day two you know I I get doing that later on day two where you know if a team wants the guy from Stanford or Kyle Trask or you know the guy from A&M those things I understand but to me that kind of almost feels like okay it's the first round we're gonna deep we're we're gonna dig because we might you know we might need him well it was also it was almost like the whole Aaron Rodgers draft again, where he yeah. fell and the Packers were able to take him and he sat under Favre. Um, yeah. But times are a little different now. I, I think now there's just such a shorter window for you to really prove yourself, honestly. Uh, I mean, the Cardinals gave up on Josh Rosen after a year, <laughs> you know, and I you feel- we heard. Oh man. We were hearing about Josh Rosen for years leading up to that draft. And oh, he's had a quarterback coach since he was in fifth grade. And like just all these ridiculous things. Then after a year, it's like, well, we have a shot at Kyler Murray, so thanks. Hope it works out somewhere else. It, it's Ends crazy. You have such a yeah, a small window really to make it work, you know? I just realized yeah. he signed with San Francisco. Like San yeah. Francisco's the team that picked him up and they're about to pick another QB again. Like he's just gonna <laughs> I feel like some guys never have a chance. Just they go to get... Pittsburgh, man. Like I feel like him in yeah. Pittsburgh. I feel like that's weird. Um, I mean, we've probably heard it. With Dwayne Haskins. Yeah. Yeah. Um but with Tom Brady when he was I mean, he was sixth round pick, but like it took Drew Bledsoe, what was it, rupturing his spleen to get a chance. Um, And you just never know when you're going to get a shot. But like Brady talks about, it's like you just have to be ready and you have to go out there and you have to just make them take you off the field, make them bench you again. Um, So when you get that opportunity, seize it. Um, And Rosen hasn't. I feel bad for him because (laughs) he goes to the Cardinals and they bail on him. Then he goes to the Dolphins and they bail on him. And he just is bouncing. But... um, and then you get some guys where it's just like they're just fit right in the right spot, like Justin Herbert, where it's just like he gets drafted yeah. there. Poor Tyrod Taylor, man. Um, like, imagine but, if Washington <laughs> drafted Herbert instead of Chase Young. Let's just be thankful that they took Dwayne Haskins. Um, yeah, and we can leave it at that. Yeah, that like, was a good I, pick, Washington. Good pick. I I think about a lot. What if? Josh Allen had been taken by the de- by the Jets, and Sam Darnold went to Buffalo. 
like would their careers look different? You know, and I, I think Josh Allen probably may probably has more ability than Darnold, but you know, you just wonder of yeah. okay, Buffalo, if the you can probably hide different. out for a couple of years. Like you don't have yeah, that same you spotlight. Can. Oh so yeah, the expectations not there. Yeah, Fitzpatrick hung out in Buffalo for a while. Do you think mm. are both of our teams fan bases? Because uh, are uh, we're in very different moods, but we it seems like both Cowboys and Eagles fan bases have a very short uh, leash on production with their players. You feel like that's fair? I guess you know, Philly's, Philly's notorious for booing their own players. That's why yeah. Philly, I, I've... <laughs> Philly demands a lot from their players. Yeah. Um, you know, you may not be the best player in the world, but if you dog it, you're going to hear it. Like if, um, man, I cannot think of this guy's name. And there's a reason. Maybe it was, I can't, I'm not even going to try to guess. He was a, um, an offensive lineman for us this past year. He's just like, really back late string guy and um he got his one opportunity to play in the nfl and he went out there and did awful one play in the middle of the play he stopped to adjust his glove when carson wentz was getting sacked and then after the game i forget i forget what game it was but after the game he went up to like one of the opposing players to like get his autograph or something and was just like fan struck with the guy it's like dude get that guy out of here like this is ridiculous. Like, if you're not going to go out there and give it your all, like, why do you even why even put on the pads? Um, mm. And that's why, like, Philly loves Brian Dawkins. Like, yes, Hall of Fame safety, amazing ability and talent. But that guy went and gave it everything he had, every play. And that's what, I mean, the Flyers mascot's gritty. Like, Philadelphia's a gritty city. Um, we just love it when people give us their all because we love to give our all and we we demand a lot and so when you get people like nelson aguilar dropping footballs and carson wentz getting sacked 50 times and having tons of turnovers and um no one really taking responsibility you're gonna get booed um and it's a tough town to play in not saying it's right but that's just that's just what it is it it's interesting um living about 40 minutes from philly um, I listen to a fair amount of WIP when I'm I'm driving around and all of that. And, you know, I, I can remember going into the season, there was expectation of, okay, Carson is not rehabbing from an injury. And almost every offseason previously he had been. Um, and so they were saying, man, what if what if he has an MVP caliber year this year? Yeah. So the expectation was super, super high. Um, and yeah, maybe if he's playing in a smaller market, maybe if he's in Jacksonville, um, you know, they're not having that conversation. Uh, and I remember probably halfway through the season, it it became a, okay, something's wrong with him. We need to move on. You know, um, it's interesting too. They talk about other sports, um, you know, so Sixers, Flyers, Phillies, all of that. But Philadelphia is an Eagles town. And I would say in that way, I think Philly and Dallas are similar of, yes, there are other major sports and um, there's support for those major sports, but those towns, they, they are football, they're football towns by far. Um, And so I do think, I do think the pressure to perform is there. You know, John, I think 
Um, I always had people tell me if Tony Romo had a bad game in the playoffs and I would complain of, oh, he missed this receiver or he threw a pick late in a game. And, you know, people tell me, hey, you have, you know, a borderline Hall of Fame caliber quarterback. You realize that, right? Um, and, and I think like, again, if he had played in a different market, like we might talk about him a little bit differently. Um, but every year it was the, well, like, do you remember last year, you know, he fumbled the ball against Seattle or do you remember late in a game when they needed him? He, you know, um, so I, I do think the expectations are way high and maybe, you know, maybe a little unfair. I I would say in both places. And it's not just players too. Um, Doug, Doug, got fired in Philly. Um, like you talked about, Philadelphia is an Eagles town. Uh, was either last night or a few nights ago, there was a Phillies game and there were a chance of fire Howie <laughs> that you could be here <laughs> during the game. And it's like, this is a different sport. Yeah. And he's the general manager. Like that's the kind of town you're in where if you don't produce um, and you're not out there giving it your all or what people think is your all, you're not going to last. Yeah. Here- Here's my thing growing up, uh, Cowboys fan. Like it's true blue. It's like, hey, we. I sat through the Quincy Carter years, the Chad Hutchinson. <laughs> Those were Drew, great years. Man. The Drew oh. Hensons and just watching Donovan yes. McNabb yeah. just run over the division for like a good decade. Um, I actually watched. Oh, this is the, so. The, so, but because of that, because of the Dallas, the type of city it is, it's not really a gritty city. It's like a lot of transplants, a lot of people come in there to make money. I know, yeah. I'm aware of our fan base. It's, I sometimes as a Dallas fan have this, from smaller towns in Texas, I have this somewhat northern envy of the grittier fan bases because cause you know if you go to a game in Frisco or wherever the stadium is now, yeah, it's at Frisco. Uh, how many, because I know people who have like sweet seats that they, the only reason they get them is because their company has them. Like a lot of the seats mm-hmm. are owned by organizations. Mm-hmm. So they're still like fancy. So you can still walk in, but man, it's not the same. Our fan base also doesn't seem like they're aware of when to be loud, when not to be loud. Because they're just, it's a thing. It's a thing you can go to watch a Cowboys game. And so that's yeah. that's part of it that, you know, as a Cowboys people, fan, it hurts. People don't go to Eagles games. game because it's a thing. You're yeah. going to get beat up if you think that way. Yeah. By so the way, I, I was <laughs> since I've been on the East Coast, well, you know, getting closer to the D.C. area, since I've been on the East Coast, I've been like, hey, I'm going to go to an away game. It'll probably be easier for me to go to, hey, Washington's terrible. They always sell their tickets. I can get a cheaper game. The one place I'm like, there's no way I'm going to an away game at is Philly. I'm like, nope, I'm not going to do it. Well, I don't care. I just don't, don't show up in Cowboys gear. You'll be no. okay. I, I had somebody make the comment to me the other day that they don't know that they would bring someone under the age of 16 to an Eagles game, um, that it's that much of an environment um i don't know Foose, what's your what's your response to that i mean let's just say i've had family members thrown into the veteran stadium jail um, <laughs> <laughs> so you know it's it depends on your seats um i went to my first eagles game when i was under 16 it was a lot of fun um <laughs> but yeah there's some uh, more adult stuff that you hear and that you'll see. And, um, 
there at the games. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's just, it's a, it's an experience. Um, I mean, I'd probably bring my son to a game. Um, uh, probably not until he's a teenager though. Gotcha. Um, but that's just more of me with children and football games, but yeah, it's, it's definitely not something that it's for the faint of heart. Um, yeah. like I said, you don't just go to a game because you're like, Oh, I might as well go to a game. It's like, like a baseball game. You're like, Oh, we'll go check out a game. When I was doing internships in Brooklyn, we're like, Hey, there's, a, we can go see a Mets game this afternoon for like five bucks. Cool. Let's yeah. Go. yeah. Um, it's just yeah. a thing you could do as an alternative. Like, yeah, it's, it's not like going to a ballpark, grabbing a hot dog, sitting, watching a game. Like the people that are there, they're doing work or what they consider work. Just yeah. Yeah. Getting drunk, yelling, doing their stuff. Um, and it's passionate. Uh, every time I think of that, I think of Silver Linings Playbook. <laughs> if you haven't seen that movie, it's a great movie about mental health, but the whole family yeah. is built around, uh, you know, live in Philadelphia Eagles fans. Yeah. I have and it's this, this amazing, like, even if you're not, if you're not a fan of the Eagles, I feel like anybody can appreciate the fandom and it shows the yeah. appreciative appreciation of how that impacts just the ethos of that city man oh i mean yeah it's it's just everywhere um i mean i live an hour and a half outside of philly um west of philly and i remember when it was the run-up to the super bowl it was right before the playoffs and there was a billboard that said pray for saint nick and it had a picture of nick Foles on it and it's like this is mm -hmm. out this far but it's just like yeah like that's <laughs> when that's the thing with philadelphia when they come together it's just incredible like it's so much fun to be a part of um and right now when it's like things are disjointed it's like yikes like all the all the the bad things come out and it's very very prevalent and mm. you're aware of it but that's just what it is take the good and the bad it's like a family so i was thinking we're Every not gonna do a seven of the draft. Love it. Let's do it. We are not going to do a seven-round mock. We're not. It's too long. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Jeez. Here's what we're going to do. Here's what we're going to have. You can if over. you just make a decision. But That's ahead. true. Hey, it was our first time. We're trying it out. We can either continue to do another one and do it quick and see with the updated boards, or the other thought I have, we can just do a first-round pick and, and scale out. This is our mock draft. This is how we think it will go down. We can also save that idea for a later app. Maybe we do our last-minute predictions next week before for the draft. Um, you guys tell me. We want to do the a seven-round one again. So we just down with Philly. If we did just like the first round with every team, is it what we think will happen or what or should happen? <laughs> Um, so like, are we, are we the GM for each team or are we making predictions? Does that make sense? Uh, however, however, which way you want to go? We can do a hybrid we can do somewhere the in Mel Kuyper, Todd McShay, where they alternate and we each, we just yeah. alternate one, two, three, and we each do. Yeah, let's do that. that. Let's yeah. do that for the first round Great. and we'll see how much time we have after that. It's 32, right? How many teams? Yeah, 32. Yeah. All right. Yep, you are correct. We're I mean, gonna the Buccaneers won the Super Bowl. It really doesn't matter what we do there, so we're just going to go right in. Oh, my goodness. Houston Texans pick at 67. Come All on. right. Uh, 
Foose, why don't you lead us off? Chris, go number two. Oh, I'll go number man. three. Okay. Or I do we want to just know. start the draft at number three? Do we just want to go ahead and pick the first two as a group and then start it? No, I, I can do it. It's fine. All right. I mean, it's a toss-up here. You have no idea what's going to happen. <laughs> um, yeah, go ahead and put in Trevor Lawrence. You Trevor were just talking Lawrence. about that. I remember the, was it 2005 draft? When Reggie Bush was like clear cut, going to go number one, and then that morning, the Texans are like, Williams. "Psych, it's yeah. Mario Williams." And I was like, "Oh, that was yeah. actually a really good pick." All right, Chris, you're number two. Um, you know, like Foose, the suspense and the drama has built um, to this moment, and we're going to break that by picking Zach Wilson. All right, John, I'm, you have the most interesting pick in the draft at three. I and, will say that. And here's what I've heard most recently at number three. Um, yeah is actually I'm gonna scroll down a little bit it's gonna be trey lance out of north dakota state trey lance interesting huh. uh they've so, had more interviews with him recently i still i'm not convinced that mac jones is going to be the pick unless he actually is the pick i i i don't think you can watch the tape and think okay we're, we're we traded up yeah we're, you know we're getting our i'm gonna gun. say you can already put in kyle pitts here at four it's um, number four with the Falcons. If, and I'm, this is no trade mock, right? This is no yeah, yeah. trade mock. We're just mock going in. We're just making the picks. So it's just best player available. Uh, yeah. You're looking at the Falcons. Um, add Kyle Pitts to that offense and just draft so Matt this Ryan is, in fantasy. This is where it gets interesting because I've heard that, they're, that Cincinnati is split 50-50 between Sewell and Chase. And I think you can't really go wrong either way. Um, I, I'm going to go with the LSU connection um, that Joe Burrow wants to throw to Chase, so they're going to they're gonna go get Chase. So we know Miami is out on QB. Um, yeah. I think the, the pick that I've also heard mocked a lot here, I think it, you do come back and forth on this. Do we get the left tackle? A, I think – that could still happen. I think they're gonna come. They're gonna get one of their receivers. I think they're gonna go Jalen Waddle here. Mm, interesting. So okay. you got Waddle going before Smith, John. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's it's. I think it could be either or, and I like throwing a little bit of chaos in there. Somebody's gonna be thrown off by the measurements, even though we knew who's that size the entire time. Yeah. Um, so, you're referring to Smith, right? Yeah, Devontae Smith. Because he, he was weighed in today. It was or not weighed in today, but like the way in his official weigh in came out today where it was like six foot one sixty six. And that's probably but, gonna yeah, be I his playing that. weight. Like that's he the other times he got weighed, he was in the one sixties, like one seventy yeah. at the highest. That's yeah. where he's gonna be. So Which, that's like my exact profile, and I'm like, geez. <laughs> um but we already knew that about him. Yeah. Um, so I think there's gonna be there's I'm gonna, gonna be something that's gonna throw something off. Um, the Raiders aren't hip here to make that choice for us, but we'll kick it over to Detroit at number seven. Number seven, Detroit, their rebuilding franchise. Uh, I think there's no better place to rebuild than the left tackle. I would put Suell here at number seven for them. Um, I just think that's a solid foundation to build on. You could, it's hard to go wrong for them. Um, I mean, Smith's a great receiver, uh, but. I don't think they're going to take a defensive back, though. Yeah. Yeah. So Carolina is interesting for a lot of reasons. Um, There's been some rumors 
that they could still take a quarterback. I don't think they will. Um, I don't think you pick up the option on Darnold if you're planning on taking a quarterback. Um, I see Smith there. I think one of the DBs could go here. I'm going to say... Now, keep in mind, we know that they've been getting probably a lot of calls for that pick, but we're yeah. just going to stay packed for this round. Yeah. So, yeah, we're, I'm picking as if they're not going to trade. Yeah. Um, I'm sorry, John, scroll up again. That's it. That's the top. That's it. It's just Justin That's Fields. That's it. Okay. Mm-hmm. I'm going to say they take... I'm going to say they take Slater. They build the line. I don't think they take Smith that high. Maybe they take one of the corners. I'm going to go with Slater. I can't imagine. What's what's the quarterback group look like in Denver right now? I mean, it's Drew Locke. Um, F- Flacco was the backup. Yeah. Flacco right? was backup. Or was that the year before? The yeah. Jets. Um, this last year. I think I think I know someone who knows gotta get that fixed. Um I, I don't Elway see... loves drafting quarterbacks. He also it... loves not trading up for them. And they <laughs> and it fell to him. So not I think, good ones. I think the the best right talent here. available is Justin Fields. Uh there was some some newer news that came out about some medical condition, but they seem like it was a, gonna be a big point. I don't think either mm-hmm. one of these spots really carries over. Yeah. So, I'll say this. If I'm they get fields. fields there, I feel like that's great value. That's I feel nice. like up until partway through the season, he was the kind of the consensus to n- number two pick. Yeah. And if you'd have told them in the fall at number nine, they would get Justin Fields. They'd be oh, parade. that's right. So I get a pick for Dallas. Mm-hmm. Oh, boy. John, scroll down. <laughs> Can you just keep scrolling down? <laughs> I'm just kidding. You go. Um, I mean, this pick, uh, you're not going to take Devonta Smith. Um, no. We know what it's most likely, but. It's going to be Patrick Sertain or Sertan or JC uh, Horn. Yeah. Um, we'll put Sertan. He's my top DB. They're going to have, um, I mean, having them both together with. Um, Diggs, yeah, I think they would love that. Of course, we could be surprised. I don't know if Sertan makes it to ten. I don't think so. Um, and that's the one thing. Going back to Fields, quick, I don't think he makes it that far either. Um, I feel so bad for guys like pre-draft, where like stuff like this gets leaked out because like I feel like teams have already known that. Um, yeah. and, if and if the team has them as their player, they're not going to let. They shouldn't be surprised or anything. Yeah. And um, I think Alan Fanica had the same issue and took medication, and he's done very well. Um, obviously, everyone's different when it yeah. comes to medical stuff, but uh, I think teams should do their homework on guys. Uh, I just feel bad that stuff comes out now about one of the top guys. Yeah, I agree. If it's, a, your, it, if it's your QB, I don't think even a gas mask could really throw you off that much. <laughs> I mean, if you're taking your fran- if you think he's your franchise player for the next decade, you're like, yeah, yeah. Listen, we all make mistakes. Yeah. 
Yep. All right, Chris, See, you're on the clock for your uh, Giants. Your home area are in an yeah. Giants are in an interesting spot. They spent a lot of money this off season. Um, some of it maybe better than others. Um, some of it maybe not so great. And so it's tough. I think if Slater were still on the board, he might be the pick. Um, but obviously, I had Carolina take him, and all that. I can't see them taking Devontae Smith. I do think Parsons is an option. Um. So you know what? And I know they just signed a Dory ja- Jackson. I'm gonna have them go J.C. Horn here. Okay. Um, they're a defensive team. Joe Judge's defensive coach, so I, th- I think they go J.C. Horn here. And I feel like he's flying up draft boards too, so it wouldn't surprise me if they take him. And I think Philly fans might riot if I didn't take the number one guy on the board. They've been wanting, dying for a receiver. You take maybe the heir apparent to the Deshaun Jackson role that torched Cowboys for years. I think it's Devontae Smith at number 12. You might have picked him up at six. One of those top receivers. I think you get him at 12. I don't see any other talent that's really throwing us away. You just want talent right now if you're feeling. Yeah, best player available. Okay. The, I almost said San Diego. Chargers at 13. Los Angeles Chargers. Um, They have a very good thing going with... um, Justin Herbert, they have a new coach coming in. They have some receiving talent. Um, so I don't need to reach for a guy like Bateman, though. I don't think Bateman's too far of a reach here. Um, I think they want to build up the O-line, though, to protect Herbert long-term. Um, I think you have to go Christian Darasaw here. Um, I think he fits a need, and I think he's able to be their anchor there for decade or so am i blind am i missing him yeah he was right up at the top man right there there he is number 15 right above um trevon moore yep, yep, yep. derisaw virginia tech so we got minnesota on the clock at 14 and i feel like this micah parson slide is probably going to happen yeah i feel like this is yeah. realistic and if he drops one more i think it makes the most sense at 15 Mm-hmm. He's that type of build. And I, I think, too, here is the spot in which Sertan or Horn, whichever one goes second, won't fall past the Vikings. Yeah, that's true. So this this is an interesting spot. Because if you're Minnesota, the three best tackles went off the board at this point. Um, I don't know that there's an edge rusher on the board that I would take this high. Um, I, I think... You know, we're not doing trades, but if you wanted Quiddy Pay, mm-hmm. you could probably trade down a little bit and still get him. Um, so I think Parsons is an option. I think this yep. is too high for Trayvon Mooring, personally. Um, I think a lot of boards have him going. Um, and so I think I will stop the slide. I'll take Micah Parsons. I mean, this is it. I feel like an easy pick for you, John. Yeah. 
Well, help me out here, because <laughs> I'm really willing to take out. Because I don't, I don't think Mac is that talent for me. I know that they have him linked to QBs. I feel like that's the pick. Um, yeah. I feel like it has I, to be, but also, was Bill check at Alabama's pro day this year? Yeah, he was. There's a famous clip of him watching Mac Jones ever throw a ball. Right. And he just was like rolls his eyes yeah. and shakes his head. Um, I saw that. <laughs> it's, it's, it's interesting. If Mac doesn't go at three, you wonder how far down the board he'll fall. You know, and I and I get I get it. You know, a team may trade up at this point, yeah, or probably before this point to go get him. Yeah, but it it is interesting. Like you hear San Francisco at three, but then after that, you wonder which teams have him ranked that high. Yep. Well, maybe maybe he's even enthralled with, and by he I mean um, Belichick. It's like, hey. I don't need you to be a stellar. I can prove I can do it with somebody like Mac Jones. So, that's who we're picking. Okay. I just don't think Barmore is... This is a very unimpressive defensive tackle class. Barmore has... If Mac Jones... I mean, if, uh, if Parsons was there, that would be the perfect plug-and fit to Belichick's type of system. Yeah. Um, boy. The Cardinals. Um, Once you get down here, it's a it's I know, less I know, certain. I know. Um, I'm just trying to look up a few guys quick and see what I can see. Yeah. Um, when it comes to some players, I mean... We also don't have to feel that accurate because... I know. Really, are we at this point in time when we're watching the draft or following it? We're just looking to see if any of these talented people slide down to the. Uh, I mean, it the says game. they need defensive line. I'm not a Cardinals fan. Yeah. Um, and Barmore's at the top right there, so that just makes it a natural fit. Right. Um, I think he's good, but I think he needs a little more development. But I mean, you always need a strong D line. Um, they don't need receivers. They have plenty of receivers, I think. Uh, so they're not going to grab a guy like. Bateman, they grabbed the linebacker last year in Simmons, I believe. I think that was the Cardinals. Um, so, yeah, Barmore. Raiders is 17. Yeah, Raiders <laughs> are in an interesting situation. Um, you never really know what John Gruden's thinking, I think. Um, so, I think the three possible picks Mooring, JOK, um, the lineman from USC, it's interesting. I see him listed as a tackle here. Mm -hmm. um, I've seen him listed as a guard other places, so I kind of wonder, you know, where I think even Quiddy Pay could be the pick here as well. Um, so let's scroll back up. Trevor, Bowen I just wonder top. if Mooring will go that high. I've seen him this high. I've seen him in other mocks go toward the end of the first. Yeah. Um, so let's. Because it's tough. I think I think Ron Rivera would love JOK in, in his defense. Um, I'm going to say that he takes... 
I think he'll take Mooring. We'll go with that. All right. And then following up, I got, I got both Miami picks, so I get to follow up. And I do think they go back around for offensive line. They get the, they passed on the first round. Mm. And I think they're to go Elijah Vera Tucker. Nice. Um, football team of Washington. <laughs> um, who did they get at receiver this offseason? Um, I feel like they got someone. They got at least one stud. Yeah, if Bateman could be a really good pick here for them. Um, I know all of us being Liberty guys, they got uh, Gandy Golden waiting in the wings, yes. but I don't think you're going to yes. not pick a receiver because no. you already have a <laughs> some guy like Gandy Golden. Yeah, um, that fourth round pick from last year who never played. You know that we're waiting on we're waiting on him. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> all right, yeah, I'm going to put Bateman here. Sean Bateman goes from Minnesota to the football team in D.C. The Bears on the clock at number 20. Man, it's it's interesting. I think... Any of those couple of top-ranked players, like, I think... Yeah, go ahead. Yeah. They're, they're a team that on day two, I could see taking a quarterback, um, whether that's Trask or the guy from Stanford... Or Kellen Mond Mills. or whoever, you know, I, I, I think, yeah. but here, um, man, it's tough seeing Caleb Farley on the board because I, I read something today that said if he were healthy, he might be a top five pick, you know? Um, yeah. but I don't know that I'm taking a chance on him here. I, I think either in later in the first round, or he could potentially fall out of the first round, which is kind of crazy. All depends um, on his injury stuff, yeah. So we'll, we'll go with ability um, athletically and best-ranked guy on the board. We'll go with JOK um, in Chicago. And I, I actually think he could go earlier than 20. Oh, yeah, I think he's a... Yeah. I mean, this may very well be the range JOK goes in, but if somebody yeah, picked yeah. him um, between 10 and 15, wouldn't be surprised or upset. It wouldn't be a shock, it. no. Now, I'm doing a quick check on Indianapolis's depth chart. Because they say wide receiver, and it might be Elijah Moore, just might be the plug-in right there. Um... <clears throat> They got they got Pittman recently, Paris Campbell, T. Y. Hilton. What I want to look at is on the uh, other side of the ball. Cause they've already had shelter defense defense. I don't know how they feel about how aware of you guys are about Kenny Moore the second. A decent player for them. I don't know that I know who that is. So a no name. Um, <laughs> again, I'm high. I'm higher on Greg Newsom if he can stay healthy. Um, I think you could also turn get good wide receiver play in second, third, and fourth rounds from what they have already. So yeah, I could also. You're never going to be mad. This is a good range. Just maybe start taking an edge player. 
Yes. But yeah. cornerbacks are such a premium. So I'm going to go Greg Newsome here. One of my... You get the... What a lot of people would have a third corner on the board at 21. Okay. Um, so I got the Titans. Um, do they pair... Old Miss prospects back up with AJ Brown and Elijah Moore. I don't think so. Um, mm. I think they're going to go offensive line. Um, trying to think who that's going to be. Um, let's give um, Tevin Jenkins out of Oklahoma State. They're a team, I think, that just battles in the trenches, so I, I see them investing in hmm. line like that. So it's interesting. John had both Miami picks. Um, I have both New York Jets picks. Um, I obviously picked Zach Wilson earlier. So scroll down just a little bit, John. Got it. Okay, that's good. So here's who I think the picks could be. Um, I feel like Jalen Phillips is an option. Um, if you go back up, um, I think this could be a spot for Quiddy Pay. Yeah. But here's the deal. You got two first-round picks, and so this could be a spot that they gamble on Farley. Um, you know, at, at this point in the mid-20s, uh, you know, you've already secured your hopefully quarterback of the future. And, and so I think it'll be one of those three guys. I'm just deciding if I, if is now the time I want to gamble on Farley or um, do I wait to see if he falls to the second? Um, and I'm going to say, you know what? They got two first round picks. They're going to go grab him now. Um, yeah, they'll take Farley here at 23. Pittsburgh is had a interesting spot. They did have some wide receiver play come on, so I don't think they need to pull one to trigger on one in the first. I think they're a talent team. I think <clears throat> getting somebody on the other side of Watt will be helpful. So it may there's a lot of edge talent within this range. So although they say they need offensive line help. So let me just take a look here. Still a big believer on first round. You go for talent. I think the Florida players suffered from a bad scheme. I think Jalen Phillips was asked to do play a five technique more than he needed to be. I'm going Jalen Phillips. Hmm. Now, at some point in time, I realized that just my preferences are taking over. <laughs> yeah. I think. So maybe, because <laughs> this comes to the reality of it, I'm not as familiar with the teams. What yeah, like I'm, I'm looking up. I was tempted to put Woody Pay here to the 
Jaguars, but I'm looking, they have Josh Allen and Clavon Jason as their ends. And it's like, those are both first rounds picks that they've already invested yeah. in them. I don't think they're going to take a guy like pay right now. Or they, do they just um, get super uh, inspired by their, their fellow Florida team and say, Hey, we'll just stack up on defense all day. Uh, they could, um, my guess, let's see. I mean, they, they have the first pick, um, and they took their guy of the future. I don't think it's going to be another receiver here because they have um, Chark, Marvin Jones, LaVisca Chenault. Um, I think that they may just bolster their offensive line, though, because um, you just took your quarterback of the future. You might as well try to build around him. Um, let's give them Walker Little. All right, so we're up with Cleveland. Twenty-six, and it says Edge, but they just signed Jadavian Clowney. Um, so now yep. you have Clowney on one side and Miles Garrett on the other. Um, so not bad. Um, you're not you're not taking Quiddy Pay here. Scroll down just a little bit, John. There's a linebacker that I'm... Yes, the dude from Tulsa. Saving Collins. Saving Collins. I think they take him here. Keep building the defense. The Ravens might have pulled the trigger on that as well, had you not. Yeah. Um, But... The Ravens are one of those teams like Cincy to where they just sit there and they just take the best talent <laughs> kind of year after year. So, although I think this is where we're going to let the slide of Quiddy Pay. I think they're going to draft on upside, build up the defense, Quiddy Pay. I think that's great value there too, yeah. for sure. Yeah. So I'm going to go receiver here. Um, I could go the hometown guy in Terrace Marshall, or I could go Elijah Moore. Um, they already have a big receiver in Thomas. Part of me feels like Elijah Moore is a better fit, um, being primarily a slot guy. But Michael Thomas does play a bit in the slot, too. Um, I'm going to go uh, Terrace Marshall. So you think if you have a player like Michael Thomas, you can play him wherever you want and you can plug in other talent around him? Or do you feel like you still have to carve out a specific role for Thomas? I don't think you have to carve out a specific role, but I think Elijah Moore is more of a a slot guy. So if you're going to take him, that mostly restricts Thomas outside. Not that you would want to, but that you you could. Um, And I just think... um, Terrace Marshall, uh, Michael Thomas. Um, I think that's going to be tough to stop for teams. They just need a guy to throw the ball to them now. Yeah. Or to figure it out. They got a few guys, but they got to figure out which one. I, I kind of feel like if you're Green Bay and Elijah Moore is still on the board, yep. you, you kind of have to take him at this point. Um, you kind of have to undo what you did last year. Um, by not taking a receiver, a capable receiver, uh, really to give Rodgers another weapon. So I, I think I think Green Bay has to take more here. 
So, D-line, an edge play, is indeed, I think, the best edge player on the board for Buffalo. It's the kid out of Penn State. I mean, I could see them also, this might be one of those teams where you start to see Santi Samuel or one of those like early second round quarterbacks go. But just because it tends to match up right with the need, we'll knock it down. Jason Owa. Can you scroll down a little bit? I'm, I'm yeah. thinking offensive line here, but I'm not sure if you go for a guy from North Dakota State. Maybe they do. Uh, no, I'm giving him Alex Leatherwood. <laughs> that's well, Alabama. I would put him over those other two tackles as well. If I got to another tackle DD team, that's who I would have picked. Um, but I'm, I, I just looked up their depth chart because I'm like, oh, yeah, he's at left tackle. They have one guy, Mark Tannis Ramkin, and then no second or third guys. All right, we got um, the Bucks. We all watched the Super Bowl, so we know they need O line. We get the Bucks at thirty two. So, you know, you gonna close it out for us. The Bucks are interesting. Um, I could see them going Elijah Molden. Um, scroll down a little bit, John. Yeah. Okay, so here's here's what I'm gonna do. Let's let's scroll back up. You're a Super Bowl team with no, I would say, major holes. I say you take a chance. Let's draft Rousseau. I think Rousseau, you know, has 17 sacks in a season. Was it 17? 17 and a half. 17 and a half. Thank you, Foose. 17 and a half in a season um, a year ago. Um, Potentially would have been a top 10 pick. And so to get him at the end of the first... Again, you can take a chance a little bit and kind of hope it works out. All right, let's see who sucks at drafting. Um, so they're they're not going to give anybody a QB a bad grade, but we all knocked it out of the park <laughs> with the first three picks. Uh, Kyle Pitts with the A, Jamar Chase at LSU to the Cincinnati with the A. Man, they did not like Slater. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Waddle, they didn't like that too much. Pete Sewell, I mean, I don't know what you want from them at Detroit. Like, yeah, um, they definitely There's didn't a lot like Slater that much. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, but also that's a pick we're anticipating might be traded since they already traded to get yes. the QB. Justin Fields, Slater's of course, a... you get it, you walk away with the QB. They're going to yeah. like it. Go ahead. JC Horn was my pick too. They didn't like that one either. <laughs> so, Chris, I did look up the Giants depth chart and they do have some decent depth, I think. Yeah. It's, it's but... interesting. Yeah, you just don't know. Like you don't know what teams. And are, and are you that sold on a on a Dory Jackson? That's my thing. Like I, I'm not. He was you know? like I'm not. Re- he was like but, a, like a second, third round pick a couple of years ago. I know Dallas like liked him like in the third round, but he's like a return speed guy. They they paid yeah. him enough like they like him. Yeah, yeah. I don't like him. I'm glad uh, as an Eagles fan. I'm glad they got him for what they did. Let's see, um, uh, Justin Fields. Of course, it's hard not to. Got a good grade with a QB pick. Chase I don't see how Sertan's a B minus there, but whatever. Yeah, it's it's arbitrary. Um, yeah, we got you, Devontae Smith at Philly, Darisol. Um, for the most part, they love all these picks right now. Yeah, Bateman, Jalen Pills. That one, that one was mine. A little bit lower, but. I mean, Phillips is a guy that I can easily see going 
in that range because he just tested so well and he's an edge and teams want that yeah so here's but. what i'm interested in seeing if you get somebody like the bucks somebody could easily trade up to get to that fifth, yeah to get that fifth round option what i think more more teams should be doing instead of paying the running backs and we're, we're a team who paid our running back is <laughs> pick it if you pick a first round running back i don't think that's bad the the bad is usually when you get into that second contract so you take him in the first round late first round yeah. one of those running backs that's for real might be a second round pick you maybe come up get him on the end of the first round have a fifth year option and then get the franchise tag and then let him walk after six years of production because I don't think you're overpaying at that price point. You overpay on the second contract. Yeah. I don't I don't love first round running backs. See, here's what I think is interesting. Yeah. What? What do you think is interesting? See, here's what I think is interesting. Like you I had Rousseau and Farley as teams, you know, saying, "Okay, we're going to take a chance." I am interested to see how far both of those guys fall. Um, do both of them fall into the second round? I, I think that's that's possible. I'm not saying it'll happen, but I think it's possible. And so do you have teams then jumping up to the beginning of the second round to grab one of those guys and just kind of hope, Yeah. okay, maybe they'll return to form, you know? Yeah, I think Rousseau's going to fall farther than Farley. That's my take. Yeah, I agree. In Farley, you see a guy, I mean, he has injury history, but he's like a top player um, when healthy. With Rousseau, you have a guy who flashed one year, did really well in that year, but then had this whole year that he opted out to just get ready. And he just didn't do it. At least it doesn't seem like he did. And... um, the last thing I think a team wants is to spend a first round pick or even just like a high draft pick on a guy who's like not dedicated. Um, I listened to something about Jamarcus Russell the other day and it was just like, they knew pretty early, like, uh Oh, like we made a bad mistake here in drafting this guy. Number one, because this guy's just not interested like i think it was their coach qb coach at the time which was flip the game tape was, where they told him to go home and watch tape yeah they gave him a t- <laughs> they gave him a, uh, a dvd a game tape and like go check out these plays and he's like yeah okay i'll do that and he comes back in the next day and like whoa so you know which play did you like which one do you want to run and he's like oh all of them i like them all i can do them all and they're like no is it like one or two or five that you loved and he's like oh i, I love them all it was a blank tape. <laughs> it's just oh. like he held out for tons of money, got got tons of money, came late because he held out and just was not interested in playing. Um, mm. And for me, it's like I would take a guy with back issues over that any day. Yeah. But yeah, um, yeah. that's where. I mean, how many times have we seen like super gifted? athletes that just didn't put in the work and yeah. didn't, didn't have a career then you have i'm gonna take the homer uh you have undrafted players you got your romos who put in the work grind yeah get better and better each year you know 
I'm aware of Romo's Romo had his limitations, but he definitely continued to progress by the work. One guy took advantage of their opportunity, mm-hmm. and then, I mean, I think Brady might be the poster boy before that because he came up so far. But once you get here, everybody's talented. Like, yeah, yeah. So put in the work. Exactly. One guy I think of is Mike Vick, where uh, streeting some of his stuff in Carolina, like. He just didn't game plan. He didn't study stuff. He ate fast food a ton um, and just didn't seem to care. Like he knew he was a superior athlete out there and was just gifted beyond belief and that he could just make plays happen. And I mean, he led the Falcons to an NFC championship game. Um, And it wasn't until like everything that went down, he went to prison um, and came back with the Eagles that he, he said, at least he really put in time, um, like working on game plan stuff. And that was an amazing season he had. Um, as an Eagles fan, that was awesome. But just like, man, some of these guys are just like, ah, it's like what could have been or what could be if yeah. it was just more dedication. But you just never know. It's, uh, it's sad to see with um, some of those wasted talents where some guys will just work and work and work and just never get a shot. It'll be interesting to see. I would like us to do like a follow up after after the draft because there's gonna we talked about it before. There's gonna be some some players that get gonna get an offer to go sign a contract to go to a camp that they're gonna get an opportunity because of injuries. And there's gonna be somebody who has a long lengthy career who didn't get drafted this draft. Even more so because of the the strange unique year we've had. Yeah, yeah I mean, I'll, I'll I, say this too. I'm interested about the guy, the quarterbacks that get taken round two, round three. Thinking about the teams like Washington, mm-hmm. Chicago, um, who have guys that they're not committed to long term. You know, um, your Andy Dalton's, your Ryan Fitzpatrick's, all of that. Does one of those teams take Trask, and does he develop into? And so, like, it's not something we're even thinking about now, but, you know, a couple of years down the road, is that guy afforded an opportunity that a Zach Wilson is not going to be afforded? You know, Zach Wilson is going to be expected to go into the Jets right away and really elevate that team. Um, I, I'm interested to see what happens day two with, with those quarterbacks. And, yeah, do you have a team, Washington, Chicago, or even Pittsburgh, you know, um, where those guys can sit for a little bit and maybe become the QB of the future. Yeah. I'm, I'm interested to see, um, especially being an Eagles fan, you guys being Cowboys fans, I feel like one of our teams, at least one, could trade in the first round where both of us, you're sitting at 10, we're at 12. Um, you could get a slide of a player that a team loves and wants to move up. I mean, in this draft, Mac Jones fell to what 15 to the Patriots like you could easily be getting calls even from the Patriots or from other teams like the Bears like the football team from Washington um and Eagles have 11 picks you guys have 10 I believe and so um I feel like trades can easily happen with our teams um and what what that exactly looks like the Eagles still have Zach Ertz on their roster um, I don't think he makes it past the draft, um, an eagle, but that's just me. 
Um, so I, I think there's going to be a few other trades that get shaken down. I think the Patriots, one of my takes is the Patriots are going to trade for a QB um, instead of drafting one. Um, but that's just a gut feeling I have. It's like 60-40. Um, but yeah, I mean, this this draft, it's there's a lot of question marks coming in, uh, more so than other drafts, I think. And then you have this overlay of COVID that all of this is happening in in, and so it kind of adds some fog to it all, um, especially with the pre-draft process for some of these players who might have only been able to flash uh, a few games um, mm. or just one season or opted out. So um, it'll be exciting. I definitely think it will, and I think that'll be a good spot to cut it for tonight. We'll probably be touching base, uh, putting out another video or some more content, well, at least one more before the draft hit, it's next Thursday, so a week from tomorrow. It's going to be coming up pretty quickly. Any last words, gentlemen, before we call it a night? All right. Well, for Chris Cortez, Michael Foos, <laughs> I'm John Damon. Uh, you're listening to what may eventually be called the Friend and Foe Football Show! <laughs>